Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. This is episode five. I don't know if you've ever felt torn. I don't know if you've ever felt that kind of part of you wants to do this, but part of you wants to do that, which is completely the opposite from this. I don't know if you've ever wanted to make a lot of money, but maybe part of you's had some guilt or doubt or fear around that. It's quite ironic, really. I do have a lot of people who give me feedback that they really want to be successful, but part of them is scared of being successful. It seems strange, doesn't it, that many people have a a fear of success and many people have some deeper fears of making money. For example, if they became very wealthy, their friends would judge them or if people would think they've changed or they might get bad press or media. Maybe part of you wants to set up a new business or a new venture, but the other part of you doesn't want the risk, doesn't want the, you know, the really hard work that it takes to start again or the, you know, the, the doubts of the unknown, the fear of the unknown, which most people are very worried about. So very often people who aren't really forging ahead and living according to their highest values and, and doing what they love and loving what they do, very often those people, are, they have these inner conflicts, if you like. Now, I remember studying NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, back in 2006, actually, when I started. I did many courses and many of those were really beneficial to me. And on one particular course, a week's training I was doing, I paid a lot of money to be there. I think it was even with a discount, something like £3,000, £4,000 for a week's course. And, and it really blew my mind and changed my life. And a lot of it was based on the science of NLP. And, and in that training, it was known as a parts conflict or uh, the solution to that was to have a parts integration. It's almost like people create different identities. You know, some people have different voices in their head, like mum saying this, dad saying this, haters and critics saying this. And it's almost like you put two personas, I'll get my teeth there somewhere downstairs, two different people. You can almost see the angel and the devil on your shoulders. One person is saying, go for it, take risks, you know, do it. You'll never look back. If you don't risk anything, you risk everything. And then the other one's saying, oh, what about the overheads? What about the mortgages? What about time with your kids and your family? Do you really want to work that hard? Do you really want to drop everything you've done, but you've spent so much money and so much time learning this thing and you want to go and learn and do that thing and start again and reset the clock? And I don't know if you can relate ever in your business or personal life or in your pursuit of making money and making a difference that you've felt, you know, what what we might call a parts conflict. So I recently created an article about this and it got a lot of comments and it got a lot of debate. And in fact, a lot of people said to me, hey, Rob, that sounds like you're in my head. And uh, so I'm going to read part of it to you and then we're going to discuss some of the comments and I'm also going to discuss how you can maybe overcome having these internal dialogues, conflicts, this being torn. So have you ever felt that part of you wanted something, but part of you didn't? Or that you knew how to do something intellectually, but you weren't actually doing it? That could be anything from having a good diet. It could be going to the gym. It could be leaving your job and setting your own business that you've wanted to do, but haven't done. It could be becoming more disciplined around your spending habits and saving and investing. Uh, And it could really, that thing, that part's, 
conflict could be the thing that's letting yourself down. It could be the thing that's holding you back from not just making a living, but making a fortune or any really important decision you've been putting off. You know, when you have that, that big thing, that black cloud, uh, Brian Tracy calls it the frog, you know, eat that frog, that thing that you know you've got to do but something is holding you back from actually going and doing it. You're putting it off, you're procrastinating, you're feeling overwhelmed, frustrated. Now, I think there's some explanations to why this is. I think that it's okay to feel like this. It's not that there's something wrong with you or that you need therapy or that you're bipolar. I think that this is naturally going to occur in any decision or action that you take. And uh, whilst I'm going to give you some solutions to overcoming this parts conflict, I also think it's a natural balance of life. I think it's the paradox of life. I think that in everything that there is exists a natural polarization or paradox. For example, you can't have love without hate, good without bad, pleasure without pain. Uh, yeah, you know, if you want short-term gratification, there'll be long-term pain. If you want, uh, you know, long-term success, there'll be short-term discipline and gratification required. Anything that you do, there's good and bad in, there's light and dark. And, and, and I feel that, the, that this is because of the natural balance of, you know, the universe, the world that we live in. And, and I believe we experience a, a natural order in the universe. And isn't it amazing how everything just exists in natural balance, you know, whether that's you know, just survival or evolution or how, uh, you know, e every species is interdependent upon each other. You know, isn't it that, uh, you know, the, the, the plants will consume carbon dioxide and give out oxygen so that we can live and then we uh, give out carbon dioxide, which the plants can live on. It's a really elegant natural balance that we have in the universe. And, and that's reliant on poles, on opposites, on parts, if you like. And it exists in everything around us and every human being experiences these polar opposites. And, um, you know, if you think about uh, altruism and narcissism, you, you know, some people say, well, charity starts at home. So, you know, you've got to look after yourself. You've got to make money before you can help others. And some people are like, well, you've got to give first to receive law of karma, give to receive. And uh, so, you know, you could argue that there has to be this natural balance of narcissism and altruism or ego and philanthropy in order for you to coexist, to take your fair share, to be able to support your family and pay your overheads. But at the same time, give to others and contribute so that people see you as a valuable part of the, you know, of the human race and species. And the more you give to the human species, the more it will grow, you know, the more service and value you give and you contribute, the more that other people will benefit and, and grow. But you can't do that if you haven't got your overheads paid and you can't afford the travel and accommodation and subsistence and you know you can't put your kids to good school and you can't create enough free time and passive income for yourself to be able to learn and read and keep contributing and creating new courses and content for other people so this is all finally balanced uh, you know order and chaos if you like so in every decision you have to make at any time you could potentially experience part of me this part of me that the you know the polar opposite uh, there's a consequence to every single decision you make. It is impossible to have all upside and no downside. Or conversely, I believe it's completely impossible to have all loss and downside with no actual hidden benefit. Um, but what happens is people often get pro pro uh, stuck, procrastinate, get frustrated, overwhelmed, because I believe that they're looking for this deluded, one-sided you know, uh, what might you call it? A fantasy, if you like, that everything's going to be good and no challenge. But then uh, if you look at it on the other side, if you look at depression, if you look at, you know, people who are down or unmotivated, they're just seeing all the downside. 
and they're not seeing any of the upside. And I think that uh, this is fully representative of everything in life. Everything in life that you consume, you know, to survive in small amounts is healthy and in large amounts can kill you. You know, if you drink too much water, you can drown yourself. If you have too much iron, you poison yourself. Uh, but if you don't have enough iron, you know, the right amount or, you know, or any of the other metals that we need in our body, uh, then, you know, you can be deficient. You can be iron deficient and, you know, you can become, um, what is it, green and yellow, <laughs> yellow probably, and uh, uh, you, you can ultimately not survive. And uh, this is reflected in everything in life. Now, if you expect this delusional one-sided fantasy, like, for example, infatuation where, you know, maybe you've, you've fallen in love with someone madly, you know, whether it's someone you idolize from a, a business entre- entrepreneurship or making money, or you have like a hero, you know, who you think walks on water, or someone that you, you know, you want to date or you've fallen in love with from afar and you don't even know who they are. What's happened is you've perceived all the upside and all the great things about them and you've pedestalized them. You've depositioned yourself. You put yourself in like a a lower position to them and you've put them on this iconic deity pedestal. But the reality is that's not real. Uh, What that is, is your projected, perceived, deluded, one-sided fantasy of who they are. Now, I don't know if you've ever been madly in love with someone, call it infatuated. I know I have. And, uh, you know, I looked at them thinking, wow, aren't they beautiful? Aren't they amazing? You know, everything that they do and they say, I love everything about who they are. I didn't even know them. And w- what I inadvertently did was deposition myself. I'm not worthy. And cause that creates a lot of fear and a lot of, um, you know, I'm not even worthy to, to, to be near this person. So you create a lot of, um, you know, lack of confidence in yourself and you put yourself down in position to them. You compare yourself to them and that ruins your own self-worth. Uh, now that's nothing to do with them and everything to do with what you've positioned them as because they've probably got an ex who has fallen out of love with them quite quickly probably and knows the reality you know this person probably chomps the food with their mouth open you know when they take their clothes off maybe you know they've had support from certain clothing or maybe you know there's something about them that's not you know as idyllic as you you thought also that person will have something about their body that they hates that you love they will have to have something about their their personality they're not confident in that you think is amazing now I don't know if you've ever been married and you've probably had this holistic experience where you thought wow they're amazing I'm going to stalk them until they get them or I'm just not even worthy of being near them and then maybe you felt one day that you were so lucky that you managed to date them and you thought wow I've, I've punched above my weight here And then you've gone out with them for a while and you've had the honeymoon period and, you know, the lovemaking is amazing and you're gazing into their eyes and everything about them is amazing. And then they do something that irritates you or you find out something about them that mm, you didn't really, maybe when they laugh, they snort or, you know, or something. And, you know, that's reality. That's uh, what's kicking in is you're starting to see the other side. Now, you cannot have all, you know, fantasy of upside without downside conversely you may have had a friend for many years who you didn't really notice and uh you know you kind of saw more of the downsides or that you know they weren't someone you pedestalized and uh then slowly but surely you started to really appreciate things about them and and slowly you fell in love with them and uh, and you came from it the other angle 
And this is, I believe, fully representation of how the, the rules of life and the rules of money and the rules of business are. You know, if you're looking for fame and fortune and you're looking for money to solve all your problems because you've just got money and money will bring in all the material items that you want that will make you happy and money will bring in, uh, you know, someone who's beautiful and, you know, will fully fall in love with you. Well, actually, uh, when you have a lot of money, I know this from experience, when you have a lot of money, people try and break into your houses. They try and steal your material items. They... They, um, you know, put key marks on your Ferraris. Sometimes people are only interested in you because of your money and not actually, you know, who you are as a person. Sometimes, you know, and maybe that makes you feel a little bit like people aren't truly valuing you. You get haters. You get people who comment on your Facebook pages and your Instagram pages and talk trash about you and they don't even know you and they've never even met you. And it's almost like they were born to to put you down and hate you and fight against you. And, you know, and these are some of the downsides of having a lot of money. Your insurance premium goes mad when you've got 20 or 30, 50 watches to insure and 14 cars and, you know, a massive house and everything else. The school fees are, are crazy. If you need to change the clutch in your Ferrari, it's probably 10 grand and that happens once a week. When you crash, I crash my Ferrari into the News International building and all of a sudden I'm, you know, in one of the early pages, not page three, but one of the early pages of The Sun and I'm getting all these comments. Uh, I had about uh, 100 haters on the Daily Mail website saying that, you know, I had more money than sense. Maybe they were right, you know, and I should go back to my, you know, learning driving again if I, you know, I'd, I've got this Ferrari and I can't even drive it and, you know, I saw some of the humor in it, but you know, this is the downside of the upside. There's an upside and a downside in everything. So if you're having this parts conflict, this part of me, this part of me, that, I believe that's the natural balance of the universe at play. And, you know, nothing is all one-sided. So don't beat yourself up about it. Don't get yourself in this point where, uh, you know, you're going to procrastinate forever and you're not worthy. Don't attach it to your self-worth. Uh, just think, okay, well, this is the, the natural balance of the universe in play. What can I learn from this? Let me analyze this part. You know, if you're looking to make an investment, part of you might think, well, it's pretty secure. You know, it's, it's a long-term asset. It's probably not going to go wrong. But then part of you thinking, but the return's pretty low. And, you know, I know I can get better returns in other asset classes. And then you see more risky asset classes. And part of you thinks, well, that's a really good return. You know, I could, that, that could make me a lot of money. But then part of you's like, well, it's a bit risky. And mm, I'm not sure if it's actually going to work and be sustainable for the long-term. And, you know, having the, this, this, multi-sided, multi-faceted view of something is actually a smart thing. It's, it shows that you're smart. It shows that you've got knowledge and, uh, and it shows that you're looking at any decision from all sides. I suppose the difficulty and the challenge comes is when you get stuck and when you're overanalyzing both sides, if you're, a, if you're a bit of a tech person, if you're a detail-oriented person, you know, if you've ever done any personality profiling, if you're sort of a, a steady or conscientious on the disc profile, or if you're more of an analyst in your job role or your career, or people have accused you of, you know, not really being that warm and not, you're always driven by data, then you probably experience this a lot. Your mind's probably almost overloading like a computer. Now, there's benefits to that because you're probably not going to make as many mistakes and you're probably going to analyze all sides. But the drawback is that it probably takes you a long time to make a decision and sometimes you miss out on some great opportunities because you are overanalyzing. So take it for what it is, try and keep balance except that there's always going to be an upside and a downside. Try and analyze all sides, both sides, but then you've got to make a decision. And if, you, if you're always going, oh, but part of me this, part of me that, uh, and you're, you, you feel like you're always in this void where 
you know, you've got one part on one side and one part on the other side, but you're in the middle, you know, being torn and stretched. That's the feedback I believe that you need, that you've got to make a decision. And you're probably scared of making a wrong decision. Otherwise you wouldn't be procrastinating over the decision. But ultimately the only wrong decision is, is a continual non-decision or no decision. And being stuck in that void between left and right, A and B, yes and no, that is a decision. Ultimately, it's a, a decision not to make a decision. And you shouldn't fear making decisions uh, and going down, putting your feet fully in one camp rather than one foot in one and one foot in the other, because ultimately that will move you forward. And as you move forward, you might make the wrong decision. Hey, I've made loads of mistakes, believe me. And uh, I, I kind of feel good that I'll continue to make them as long as the, I de-risk them to a certain degree as much as I can, as long as I stay humble to the process of always learning and never thinking that I've always you know, got all the information I need, never getting this chip on my shoulder that I know what I'm doing or never get too cocky. Uh, but ultimately, if you fail forward, at least you're moving forward. And it's so much better to make a decision in one investment class or one business decision or, you know, are you going to stay in your job and work another two years and then earn enough passive income from your assets and then retire? Or are you going to set a date that is three months from today and that's when you're handing your notice in? Or are you quitting your job now and handing your notice in today to set up your new enterprise? Or are you investing in this asset class or that asset class? Whatever it is, once you get about 70 or 80% of the information, you've got to make a decision. You can never get 100% of the information. So if you are analyzing or having this parts conflict, you've got to know that you'll never get all the information. You'll never fully have all the data and all the proof and all the research and all the due diligence to make a 100% risk-free decision. It doesn't exist. Make a decision, keep learning, keep testing, keep tweaking, keep reviewing, keep refining. And the more you make a decision, do enough research to be able to get more than 50% of, of a decision, then make another decision and then review it and keep going down that road, learning all the time. That will take you to success. But part of me, this part of me, that probably will never disappear. If it does, you're probably deluded. If it does, you're probably only seeing one side of the equation. If you never have any doubts of how the grass will be greener on the other side, you're not looking and, and, and analyzing all of the potential scenarios. So don't see it as a bad thing. See it as a good thing. You know, that, that's how it's going to be. But don't attach your self-worth to it. Don't and beat yourself up for making too many mistakes. Don't beat yourself up for procrastinating because that just compounds the, the difficulty and the frustration and the overwhelm and, uh, you know, and all those demotivating feelings. So, you know, you probably want to start a new business, but it's risky. You've got expenses to cover. You're in happy and unhappy in a relationship, but you don't want to be alone. You want to make loads of money, but you don't want to see as a, be seen as a, a greedy capitalist or, you, you know, you don't want to risk what you've already got. And, uh, you know, you can be stretched. You can be pulled. Uh, you can be you can you can really have these uh, feelings of indecisiveness, but they don't define you. You are not indecisive. You are not a procrastinator. Uh, you know, you are not overwhelmed, uh, you know, someone who experiences overwhelm. Let's try and dis detach between the emotions you're feeling and who you are as a person, because who you are as a person is a unique genius with unique values, who, who has massive, ab uh, uh, abundant and limitless opportunity to earn, learn, to grow, to contribute. You know, everyone's a billionaire inside them. It's just the, the wealth that, that, that they've created is in a latent form. There's only a handful of billionaires across the planet. So they've learned to manifest the billions in, in their unique wealth. 
Uh, you know, some people have unique wealth in their ability to do a pub quiz or to, or they have billions of pounds of latent wealth in fitness or something else, but they just haven't yet learned how to convert it into cash because they haven't made it important to them or, uh, you know, they just haven't figured it out yet. You know, they haven't learned how, what they have as this, you know, unique genius that's worth billions. They haven't learned how to connect that to serving others and solving other people's problems yet. So all these feelings are part of me, this part of me, that, and all these demotivating negative feelings, they're not you. They don't, they don't define you or who you are. They're just natural human emotions. And every human emotion will have, sorry, every human being will have every human emotion looking for this one-sided deluded fantasy of ultimate happiness and no sadness or pain or ultimate passive income and freedom with no work. It's, it's, it's delusion because in, in the world that we live in, you experience these polar opposites and one of my mentors, John Demartini, says that, you know, the search for happiness is a delusion. The, the purpose of marriage is not happiness. That's a complete delusion. And it's up to some people when they hear that, I think they feel a bit like, oh, well, you know, well, that's just ruined life for me. But you know, if you've searched for happiness, that that search never ends. And you know that how much better you get at learning how to be happy, something's always going to happen that's going to ruin that for you. And there's always going to be a circumstance out of your control, a death of a loved one, or, you know, a change in the marketplace in your business, or, you know, a bad few months on your profit and loss or whatever else, or, you know, some things your boss make you do that even though you might be a generally a happy person, you're going to feel in moments pain. And uh, that pain is that feedback to learn to own what you're not owning or what you haven't mastered that's, that's creating those negative feelings. So again, you can, you can take that in a good way, just like you can take if you're torn or feeling uh, conflict in, inside. You can take that as feedback. You can analyze it and think, well, what do I need to learn here to grow through this problem? You know, if I'm looking for, you know, one-sided fantasy of happiness, where what, what's empty and missing in my life that I need to learn to master? Because once you master that thing that created that unhappiness, then next time that happens, uh, you won't experience those negative feelings anymore and you'd have owned it. And then all, all, all that will happen is you'll have a new, bigger problem. And, uh, you know, you'll learn, have to learn how to solve that one too. And you'll go from challenge to challenge to challenge to challenge. But I think that's a great thing. And one of, like I said, John Demartini says that uh, gratitude and love are the overriding emotions uh, that, that, that are really what people are trying to communicate as happiness. And uh, if you're grateful for everything that happens in your life, the good and the bad, the challenge and the support, then ultimately you feel love, compassion, you feel gratitude for existing, you, you want to serve and solve for other people, you grow through all of your challenges, sure you're going to feel challenged, you're going to feel things are unfair in, in, in the short term, but if you can attach gratitude for that and understand that that's a warning or a feedback mechanism for you to learn to improve and evolve and grow as a person, like in your marriage or in your relationship, like in your business, any one of you who's listening who runs a business, you will know that nothing is ever fully finished. Nothing is ever fully hands off. You might have built a, a team, you might have 50 or 100 or 1,000 staff, and you know you finally built yourself time to go and do more of what you love, and you're on holiday, and you're relaxing, and then you get an email, and someone's left, or someone's nicked your... A competitive IP and gone set up against you or you're, you've, you've, a, a lawsuit has been filed against you or something will always happen. So it's not what happens to you, it's how you deal with it. And it's how you go from problem to problem to problem to problem, learning to become bigger and better at solving those problems.
Okay, so if we go back to the article, and I'm going to read you the rest of the article. If you join, if you don't follow me on Facebook yet, if you follow me, Rob More Progressive, you can see the debate going on. The title of the article is called Part of Me This, Part of Me That. So I frequently get asked by people, they know what to do, but they're not doing it. And that they're also experiencing these polarized emotions that splits them into what they think is parts. You know, but the trouble with the... Uh, the part of me, this part of me, that is that it makes decisions harder, longer. It, it reduces clarity. It damages self-worth. Uh, it creates regret, remorse. And, um, you know, it kind of ruins your gratitude and love for everything that you're experiencing. And you can spend a load of time feeling those feelings rather than cracking on and, and actually getting things done. So if you are the sort of person that thinks, I know what to do, but I'm not doing it, you can probably relate to this. So if you know what to do, but you're not doing it, just go and do something, make a decision, get yourself 70 to 80% there, set yourself some rules that you're going to get to a certain point, a certain date, and then you're going to make a decision and don't let yourself get past that date. Get a mentor or a coach or ask me to keep you accountable on my page. By this date, I'm going to leave my job. By this date, I'm going to found my investing gold mine area in property. By this date, I'm going to, uh, you know, go to the gym, join a gym, whatever. Uh, but you've got to hold yourself accountable or have someone hold you accountable. Also, if you're getting really stuck, an exercise you can do is you can list all the benefits and all the drawbacks from the decision. So maybe you're looking to make a really important decision. Or on one side of paper, list all the benefits. On one side of paper, list all the drawbacks. Push yourself to get at least 50 done of each. And what you'll do is that'll give you a lot more clarity you'll realize that no decision is one-sided. So you'll get rid of that fantasy of looking for an easy one-sided decision. You'll realize that there's probably an equal amount of upside and downside. You know, for example, if you were looking to get healthy and you wanted to list all the upsides and downsides of, of what you have right now as health, you know, you might like certain parts of your body and not certain parts of your body. You might already have certain health in terms of intellect or enthusiasm, but maybe you don't have certain health in terms of lean body mass or muscle mass. You might be strong, but a bit heavy. You know, you might be quite lean, but not very strong. You might have a, a good diet, but, you know, not really be that fit. You might have a bad diet, but do a lot of exercise. You know, might, you might think you have nothing, but actually you have a lot of knowledge. And, uh, you know, th th there's a, a, lot, a, a lot of assets and a lot of knowledge you already have. So list out anything you're really procrastinating on, as many as you can. Go for 50 or 100 on each side. What they'll do is they'll give you ultimate clarity. You'll realize you can never be 100% one or the other, and then that'll give you, you know, uh, uh, knowledge and feedback to, to go and make a decision. Also, check in with your values. So if you're looking at making a decision that you've been procrastinating over for a long time because you've got split parts and split personalities, go back over your values. I think I talked a bit about values in previous episodes. Look at what's most important to you in your life, whether that's health, freedom, money, autonomy, growth, contribution, personal development, whatever. And look at the decision you're trying to make. Does the decision you're trying to make link to your values, serve your values? Which one of the decisions, yes or no, forward or backwards, do this or do that? Which one of those values is more closely linked with what's most important to you in your life and who you are as a person and your unique talents and genius, who, where and who you are already? Because that will give you a lot of clarity over which is the right decision. For example, if you have uh, some bad spending habits and you look at your values and growth and financial freedom are high in your existing personal values or you're moving into those values or those the val they're the values that you want to 
own and grow into, yet you're going spending a lot of money on liabilities and you've got some decisions to make on should I go on holiday or not? Should I do this or not? It makes your decision way easier because ultimately, you know, if it, if it serves you, you, who you are as a person and where you want to go, then you get clarity over decision and you know spontaneously, inherently, which is the right and the wrong decision. Okay, so I hope you've enjoyed episode five. Part of me this, part of me that. I'd love your feedback. Please go to um, my podcast links and, uh, you know, give a review. If you're not following me on Facebook and Twitter, it's forward slash Rob Moore Progressive. Uh, I'd love to uh, get your feedback on one of my pages. Challenge me. Give me feedback on what you'd like me to share with you. What what content would you like me to debate and have a rant about and, you know, and, and analyze? I'm here to serve you. Please share this with others if you think others could benefit from this too. Uh, this is my life's calling. I'm going to be doing this for another 60 years. So please share this with others who you think it could benefit too. And thank you. 